We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here we go. It is a Red Friday in Kansas City AFC title game weekend edition. Hopefully not the last Red Friday of this football season. We're hoping to be doing a couple more of these Friday shows, being all fired up for a football game, in particular two Fridays from now getting set for a Super Bowl. No, I'm, I'm excited for the Pro Bowl Red Friday you? myself. You there know? you go. Pro Bowl games Red Friday. Watch <laughs> hey, out for dodgeball. If the Chiefs we, are in the Super Bowl, honestly, we, I won't care. Oh, no, we can do, we'll can. we be doing Red Fridays next week if that's the case, if, if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. No question. We can do as many of those as we want if the Chiefs take care of business on Sunday. Hope everybody's having a good Friday. And shockingly, maybe I'm in the minority here. I think the week has actually flown by for a week in which we're all anticipating, you know, a, a massive football game, uh, hopefully another classic game, and hopefully another trip to the Super Bowl. Sometimes these weeks drag on. I haven't felt that. Like, oh, it's Friday. Here we go. By the way, I'm not hoping for a classic game. I'm hoping for just the well, Chiefs to absolutely steamroll the Ravens. They've done that like once this year, so I'm not really <laughs> counting on that. I, uh, just, twice, just win, baby. Just twice, win. Twice, maybe even three times. Find a way to win, you know? Like, I, I don't care how it's done. I don't care if it's, if it's... I don't care if it's luck. I don't care if it's whatever. they're down and out and they got to return a punt. For a touchdown with nine seconds left. Doesn't matter to me. You're right. That's fair. I don't really care how the win takes place. I would just like a stress fee. It's 30 nothing at halftime, and I oh. can start booking flights. So that would be the interesting dynamic and a good problem to have, of course. But do you actually start doing that if that's the case at halftime? Like, it's not going to happen. The but Chiefs? This isn't the Colts Chiefs. I, this is not, I wouldn't do it. I would not want to jinx it. I would, I would refuse. Mahomes, dude, I just start I, booking. I would not. No. It'd have to be the fourth quarter. It would have to be at least the fourth quarter because, oh, my goodness, I would never let you hear it. Let, never let, let you not if hear it. If I screwed it, it yeah. up? Oh, yeah. That wouldn't be on me. That's on oh, the Chiefs. It'd, it'd be Play on some you. defense. Yeah. Yep, 30 to nothing. That's yeah. got nothing to do with me. I don't think that'll be a scenario we will, we will have to worry about. Again, you guys can uh, hit us up on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. So here's what we got planned today. We got Pete Sweeney coming up at 11 o'clock, as he always does. He's been out at Arrowhead all week long. We'll get his thoughts on this big game. We'll also go out to Arrowhead ourselves and listen in to uh, Andy Reid a little bit later on uh, today, potentially as well. Depending on uh, how the timing works out, Travis Kelsey as well is expected to start uh, talking around 1 o'clock, so we'll keep an eye on that today. But let, let's start getting right into it, man. It is a Red Friday. It's a playoff edition, and Red Fridays are brought to you by ComCare. Call or text 988 for 24-7 mental health support. Thinking about the, the formula a little bit, I know we were joking about you know an upset or, I mean, a blowout win, of course, but the formula for the Chiefs to win this football game based off of I think if you've listened to this show all week, you know we've had various guests on from Baltimore, from Kansas City, former Chiefs players, whoever it may be. And everybody acknowledges the Ravens, when you look at everything going on around them, Mark Andrews activated from IR today. Like Everything tells you, like, yeah, the Ravens probably are for sure the better team, but that doesn't mean the Chiefs can't win. Uh, definitely not. So what's no. it look like for the Chiefs to win? Well, I think, for one, they have to be a team that isn't, I wouldn't say the better running team gold, but a good running team. Like, I think it really does kind of start there. And I know we're going to talk more about Pacheco in just a minute, but I mean, I think it has to start with you run the ball almost as well as Baltimore runs the ball in this game, because I don't think, I think you want to shorten it. I think the same thing. Baltimore has run some teams out of the building this year. 
Like, you have to avoid the opposite fate of what we just talked about. As much as the Chiefs do that, and teams have done that to the Chiefs over the years, I've told you I think that's really important. I think you have to get Travis Kelsey involved. And I think they probably have to find at least one big 20-plus yard game out of one player. I do not care if that's MVS or McColl or Justin Watson, who we haven't heard from in a few weeks. They got to find a 20, 25 yard plus play once or twice in this game for one of those easy scoring drives where they get three or seven, depending on where the rest of it is. Cause it's going to be hard to score against Baltimore. No doubt. Like, and, and, I, and maybe, you know, maybe a little less field goal kicking would be nice. Going into the Dolphins game because of the weather and everything, it was okay. They, maybe they don't need a bunch of, uh, of those deep pass plays or those bigger plays against Buffalo going in last Thursday or Friday. We talked about how it's hard to imagine them winning without connecting on a couple deeper passes. They, they of course were able to do that to, to MVS for, for two big gains. Uh, and yeah, I'm with you where it's, it's, it's probably another one where it would be hard to imagine a win if they didn't at least have one or two 20 plus yard down the field completions. And sure. look, Travis Kelsey looking at like the way he has looked recently. I think it's feasible that that could happen with him. MVS, I know it's weird. Nobody should be counting on him, but I, I do believe he will have at least one or two opportunities because he gets open down the field. The question will be if he catches the football. I like, obviously, that he made some tough catches against Buffalo, but that will definitely come into, come into play. And then just, we have said it for the last two months, I would say. And Don't turn not, it over. Don't get yeah, offensive I mean, look, penalties. It drops. <laughs> yeah penalties and turnovers and the turnovers. Yes, they've actually had them in both playoff games, but the one against the dolphins was with like 40 seconds to go. And it's Clyde Edwards, Alaire. It didn't, didn't really matter. We know the one with McCall Harden was a massive turnover. Very fortunate. It did not cost them. And so they are going to sure be turnover free would be great. But if you're going to have a turnover, man, that, that puts you in serious jeopardy. They were fortunate. And then the, the penalties and that that's where you get into the offensive line conversation. When I say penalties, I'm not talking about Legereus Sneed randomly getting called for a holding call because he's a physical corner. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking, talking about, about holding at first and Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, Nick Allegretti. If he ends up playing, you know, those three in particular, uh, if if Tooney can't go, do they hold up? Yeah, there is the big completion to MVS, Cody, but it's called back for holding. Or do they line up properly? Is there a false start? Something that, to their credit, both of those tackles I mentioned have done a phenomenal job the last two games. If that continues, the Chiefs will go to the Super Bowl. But if not, we're going to be sitting here on Monday saying, well, that was the type of game we saw play out 12 different times in the regular season. I do think that in order to get this win versus what we've seen here recently, they're going to need to get more pressure on the quarterback than they did against the Bills. Like, way more. they got to find a way to get to Lamar Jackson. And, I, and I've and i seen, look, Lamar Jackson is 16th in the NFL in sacks. He certainly is capable of being sacked. I saw James Palmer report yesterday that was saying, hey, the Chiefs are going to dial some stuff up. We know they're creative with their blitzes. But in that game against Buffalo, they just let Josh Allen sit back there. I don't think you can get away with multiple games in a row and allowing a quarterback to just have all day back there to make things happen. Their secondary is very good. The Chiefs linebacker crew is very good. But it, you're not going to get anywhere if you're going to leave up or give up the amount of pressure that they, or the, the lack of pressure they got against Buffalo. I think that the pass rush becomes infinitely more important than they than it did in the last game because I thought that they were just pretty much the same level as talent as the Bills. And they won because they have Mahomes and because their defense played great late. In this case, like we said with Baltimore, you're going to have to play better than them in a couple of areas. So to your point about getting pressure, now there's a difference between, hey, just get pressure. Can you do it without blitzing? So Lamar Jackson led the league going into the postseason and passer rating when he's not blitzed, 105. Uh, and so if you're keeping an eye on, okay, there's always that balance. We talk on the Mahomes side a lot of times. Do you blitz Mahomes? Do you not blitz Mahomes? You know, some quarterbacks are, you know, Jared Goff, it's been a huge story on the NFC side. You know, when he's blitzed, his passer rating it goes down significantly. Well, in Lamar Jackson's, Jackson's case, when he's not blitzed, it's extremely high. He's not terrible when he's blitzed either. But that that's the balance if you're Spags. Like you figure it out. You're right. He's extremely creative. Nobody disguises blitzes better than Spags. Picking your spots. And I, again, I think he's really good at doing that. But it's not as I, I don't think they just have to light them up all game long and think that's their formula. I, I think no, there's but they a balance. Got no pressure. They didn't get a yeah. single sack on Josh Allen. Getting prepped, but again, does that? I don't think they have to blitz the entire yeah. game either. You know, can you? Can Charles Menehue win those one on ones? Can Karloftis against uh, Jones, uh, Ronnie yeah. Stanley win those one on ones? We know Spags will blitz, but to what extent? What's the percentage that we actually see that blitz happen? I don't know. Probably what 30, 40 percent if we know the Chiefs. They're certainly not going to. 
I mean, they're just not. They're not going to play any version of an offense in which they don't, or defense in which they don't blitz some. Yeah. That's just who they are. That's who they've always been. So I'd be shocked if there isn't some version of that where at least they continue to pressure him in that case, which I would assume. But they, you know, they got to get home on some of those. Otherwise, you you know how this is. You open yourself up a little bit against the Texans. We know they ended up blowing them out in the second half. Lamar yeah, looked like a MVP in the second half. He he faced a career high blitz percentage. Now D'Amico Ryan's loves to blitz, so does Spags, but seventy five percent blitz rate. That's a crazy. Now maybe number. the Texans got desperate late anyway. This is the way the game was going, but he was thirteen of eighteen. Lamar was against the blitz for one hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns, and had a sixty five percent success rate on his dropbacks, so the fourth best in his entire career. He's coming off a phenomenal game and a phenomenal second half, and the blitz did not work in the second half. In the first half. The blitz actually was effective against Baltimore. So, what do you, you know, you, if you're Spags, what do you take from the first half? What do you take from the second half? And see, I, I know Spags will have something up his sleeve. How successful? I think a lot of it will depend on are they doing a good job on those plays where they're not blitzing of keeping Lamar either in the pocket or, you know, is Willie Gay Jr. playing in this game or not? We've mentioned that all week long. Is, is if he is playing or not, he's their most athletic linebacker. And if he's not playing, then it becomes a much more difficult situation for the Chiefs to maintain that. Yeah, very difficult, probably, on that end. But, well, I mean, the other part is I think where Buffalo ran into trouble and the Ravens can't, too, is the Ravens are used to being ahead and leading. It's always the same thing. It's the Ravens got behind where they even know how to play. Like, if they got behind 10 points where they even know how to play, I don't know. The problem is, is how do you get up 10 points on the Ravens? You get they they win the toss. They defer to you. You go down there and score a touchdown on the league's best points per game defense. Then you get a stop in one of the league's best scoring offenses, and you go down and score again against one. You know, it's just hard to imagine any of these teams getting away from each other, especially in the first half. I know they ran away from the Texans in the second half, but the Texans were clearly the least talented team out of the four teams remaining when we got to the divisional round. They had a hell of a run, but they were definitely in the, like, nice work. You did a good job based on the talent you have. You're not like the other three teams here who are remaining. It. I, I hope Spags comes with a blitz scheme that is aggressive, but they have to just, you're right. They have to just get Karloftis home at some point too. Let the team in sacks be nice of him or Chris. I'd like Chris Jones to show up before the fourth quarter. <laughs> I like when he shows up in the fourth quarter. I'm just also interested in him playing quarters one, two, or three. I'm not worried about Chris in the game. I'm not, I think, no? I, I'm not worried about his impact in the game. My worries still lie on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not worried about this defense. I'm really not. Like the it's Ravens hard, will have the Ravens will have their moments the same way. Like in the first half, Josh Allen and the Bills had their moments, and you're like, oh boy, this defense can't find a way to stop this run. Second half magic, man. All, I shouldn't even call it magic. It's who they are. In the second half, the Chiefs' defense in the second half have been the best defense in football, plain and simple. And so, yeah, if you tell me that the Chiefs somehow have a lead going into halftime or something, then yeah, then you're feeling phenomenal yeah, about I, the situation then maybe I'll just hope that they run Pacheco a whole bunch and eat away this clock. We'll get right back into the Chiefs and Ravens, but news around the NFL, and if we weren't in Kansas City, it might have been the number one discussion for a lot of people around the league today, and that is Raheem Morris becoming the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He gets his second opportunity after uh, obviously having one chance and then went over to work with Sean McVay, did a great job with the defense in L.A., and a well-deserved second opportunity for Raheem Morris. But what it means for Bill Belichick is, is honestly what people are talking about more, which is uh, he's going to be left out. He's not. Yep. Think about this. We we can They're go through hire the man. We can go through the the issues down the the last four years for Belichick and why did the roster look the way it was and and you know the whole Brady Belichick argument. But still, we have to step back and recognize the guy is 16 wins away from the most wins all time, and he can't even get a gig. I mean, that is you look have, at how like, many Super Bowls he's that, won. That is crazy in its own right. Like we we can have our issues with Belichick and, and but. That if I just tell you there's a coach with his pedigree, that's not, not like he's 85 years old. Okay, he's he's he, he by all accounts looks like he's not having any problems coaching anything like that from a health standpoint or anything like that. So it is wild to think that Bill Belichick is likely not to have a gig and what sit out a year. Maybe he does, does some stuff for Amazon Prime this year. I, I have no idea. Okay. And then maybe tries to coach next year. But nobody had he had one opportunity. You know, for we we made the jokes. And we were all incorrect on this before the offseason really began for some of these teams, which was, oh, Bill's, you know, Bill's interviewing the Falcons. They're not interviewing him. No, we were all wrong. No, 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 no. It wasn't that Bill turned this job down. I've seen some of that. That would be incorrect. No, it appears that they chose Raheem Morris. They chose Raheem Morris for a couple different reasons. And it sure seems like what everybody did suspect about Bill maybe wanting to have full control of some sort 
was a big issue for the Falcons. So there's a couple of, I think that that's massive. I think when you listen to Mike Greenberg of get up, if you listen to what he has to say about it, I think that this is where some of this truth is coming. Not just that bill wants control, but that anybody who lets you know, the wolf in the hen house, let's say knows that they could be in trouble. But I think what's going on, at least in part here with Bill Belichick, is that the National Football League, like anything else, I guess, is kind of a bit of Game of Thrones. And there are people who are very entrenched in their positions in some of these organizations that don't want to give away or lose the authority or the power that they currently wield in their organizations. And they know if Bill Belichick walks in, that's exactly what's going to happen. But this should still be stunning. Okay, I mean, he is the single most winning coach like he's about to be from a wins perspective, but he's the most decorated coach of all time. He has been like one of the most successful people on the planet. He has won a ton and I get it. I also have some doubts about Bill and I told you I would limit some of the personnel control if he still wanted the job. But I'm stunned he didn't get a gig when I found out he was going to be available. I figured he'd hired by somebody. Now, if you dive in deeper, Patriots obviously let him go. So that's not an opening. The Panthers, he was never going to take that. That's one of the few where I'm like, he was never taking that job. The Raiders kind of got penciled into choosing Pierce. And the Chargers chose the other winning veteran coach in Harbaugh. So really, to me, it left the three options. The Titans, the Falcons, the Seahawks, oh, sorry, and the Commanders. Those four teams down to like, hey, here are the possible options. But I'm surprised teams like, let's say the Titans, like, I get it. You want to go with Brian Callahan and take some offensive-minded coach for what? Will Levis? Like, are you sure you wouldn't be better off with Bill Belichick? And I know they're coming off the experienced veteran guy, and they want the young hotshot OC, and very few times people go that way. But the time to make the exception is Bill Belichick, Gold. I mean, he's still – like, his resume should probably just get him a job automatically in a way. I also think that this opens the door – for Andy Reid, in terms of the greatest of all time discussion. It's not there yet, but it opens the door. Look at how everybody's talking about Bill Belichick today. Like, oh, the guy can't coach anymore. Like, the league just doesn't want him anymore. All this kind of stuff. And seeing how it ended. It's it's the reverse of where Andy's at. Andy's getting in his career the way it's trending. You know, maybe with a ring. You know, at least multiple, multiple Super rings, Bowl appearances. Knows, yeah. Like, you know, well, he's already got two. I just mean, you know, does he go out? on top at some point at the end of his career. Like he's finishing on a high note one way or the other. Bill Belichick clearly is not. And so that's the lasting impression in people's minds, fair or not. And we forget how dominant they were for 20 years in new England. And everybody's going to say it was Brady, not or is Brady, not Belichick. And that's the whole debate that everybody had for many years. And now I don't think there's much of a debate to be had. And so because of that, I think people will view Andy Reid more fondly and favorably when he re- eventually retires, whether that's in five years, two years, whatever that is for, for Andy Reid. And if you're looking at just the numbers behind it, we know Super Bowl appearances and rings, Belichick has quite the leg up in yeah, that regard. And Andy would have to get a couple more. But Belichick is below 500 without Brady. Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes is 183 and 122. And a Super Bowl appearance and four straight NFC title game appearances. And five title game appearances overall. Yes. They've actually appeared in almost the exact same number. Fox Sports had put out the graphic. Andy Reid has appeared in 44.4% of conference title games in his entire coaching career. He's going to it about 50-50. Bill Belichick, 44.8%. It is almost an identical number. And for way longer period of time, Bill Belichick got Tom Brady on his side than Andy Reid has had Patrick Mahomes. He's only had Patrick Mahomes for six years of that he makes it 40% of the time. But that's because he had five yeah, it's, title it's, game appearances. It's the, it's kind of, again, they're ending their careers in reverse. You know, it's, it's reverse of where they, they both are, are, the way they both are going about their, their career. But I think the door is open, man. Like, I'm not telling you right now if Andy Reid was stopped coaching that he would be the greatest of all time. No, I am saying that if Andy does coach for three, four, five more years, a more trophies. and if Belichick sits out this year and maybe he coaches again next year, I, I don't know. But let, let's say him not coaching, it gives another year also for, uh, Andy to catch him a little bit closer on the win stuff and maybe gets a ring in the meantime or two. Who knows how things go? Like It will be a real conversation to be had. And I think because of how it ended, a lot of people are going to view Andy much more favorably than they did Bill Belichick. If Andy Reid were to be an available head coach right now, let's say the Chiefs are like, hey, Andy, it's been real, but we'll see you later. It's not going to happen. But let's just say Andy wasn't the coach of the Chiefs and he was a free agent coach this offseason. And all those openings were available. Would he have gotten a job? He would have because he is viewed in a much more favorable light. How many of those jobs would he have gotten? Yeah, he's he's viewed in a much more favorable light. 
uh, and he's an offensive mind, and I still think that's massive. And it's not to say that you can't be successful as a defensive mind. Look what, again, D'Amico Ryan's is doing down in Houston. He's a defensive-minded guy, not an offensive-minded guy. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think majority of the time, if you've got a young quarterback, owners, GMs would prefer the guy with the offensive mind. or the Not only that, just that Andy calls the plays, too. That's another part that helps him on the offensive end, right? And so I, I think he would absolutely would be uh, available for a gig immediately, uh, unlike looking like Belichick sitting out a year. Like, we know Andy has some control over what his 53-man roster looks like, but it doesn't come off as the same level of power that Bill Belichick was. And Andy used to have that kind of power. Andy had that kind of power that Bill had. He was in control of every little tiny little baby thing inside of Philadelphia. And while I still think there's some of the, hey, you used to work for me, Brett, way less than I thought when he got hired, if I really want somebody, please listen to me stuff, which Bill would obviously get the respect for. I don't think Andy tries to control every part of the front office. I think he's just like, coaching's pretty cool. I think I'll do that. I think that that may be the biggest pushback just, on Bill. People are sour on Bill. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the prior history in New England with Belichick uh, and Brady, and then the prior history with Andy Reid in Philly where – yeah, yeah, Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick, but he he showed he can win with. It's that simple. What was the what was the record I gave you? One eighty three yeah. and one twenty two, without Patrick Mahomes. That that's why people also would view him in a much more favorable light if all of a sudden he was in the same shoe that Belichick was in, as in being available for a game. He's got to do the same thing we talked about, with Patrick. At least get two more. Get within a couple of rings of Bill Belichick. And then people will probably well, give you that conversation. You know what I'm saying? You got to get within a couple. You can't be four back. You can't be four too back. Many. But for him in particular, unlike Mahomes, where I, I think Mahomes might still have to actually be within one, if not because they played head to head and he lost. Yeah. Andy only has to be within like three, in my opinion, just because there's also the cheating stuff that's out there that some people will always bring up, fair or not. Yeah. Uh, Spygate, all of that stuff. And the, the years gate. with elite level quarterback play, which will always factor into it. The elite-level quarterback play matters. When you're an elite-level quarterback, you're always with that play. That's who you are, even though you and I can make the argument. Have you looked at some of the games Tom Brady won? How many AFC title games he won in which his performance was, like, mediocre to below mediocre? Because Bill Belichick is the single – I'll say this. No matter how this goes down, I don't know that I'll ever personally view Bill Belichick, anyone as a better defensive mind as a head coach than Bill Belichick was. He's still great at it. He still frustrates quarterbacks. That's his single biggest strength. Just get the right offensive mind with him and somebody who can handle some personnel. Can I, I think you're good to go. Can I ask you guys a question? I, I, I just It's relevant to this conversation. I just saw it pop up again on my timeline. Okay. I My theory is that it's Bill Belichick's agent that is doing this work behind the scenes. We have brought this up for the last two weeks. Initially, we were like, oh, it's just Mike Florio being Mike Florio, bringing up Andy Reid retiring and Bill Belichick. Being hired in Kansas City, which is sorry, I can't even. It's, it's laughable for me to say. We're getting these. Um, yesterday, Adam Schefter floated the same thing. Today, Craig Cardin of Fox Sports said, "Quote: I think Bill Belichick will be the next head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, after Andy Reid retires." Well, Craig Cardin said some um, crazy stuff. Out of the three, he's the least credible, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but however, it's still three different people. Not just because he went to jail. That's different reasons. Yeah, that's. Not, I mean, we can add that. That's not why. I, I wasn't. Even, I, I wasn't even going there. But sure. Um, <laughs> I don't get it, dude. Like, I, yeah. I don't get it. The only theory I have is this is Bill Belichick's agent who was trying to get leverage on the Falcons or any other team saying, see, this team is actually like the, the Chiefs. Chiefs would be interested in me. That's all. That's the only way it makes sense, Cody. The only other thing that I can connect to this, and this is where I do think, like, you'd be like, why would Bill Belichick, let's say Andy Reid did retire. Why would Bill Belichick and Kansas City make sense? Because Clark Hunt ran an organization that was not nearly successful enough for three decades, he brought in the established veteran winning coach with a winning culture, and they immediately mattered again. So I could see Clark being like, oh, okay, just real quick. You're telling me the single most successful coach in NFL history is available, and my second single most favorable coach is, okay, that seems like a pretty good win. My thing I, can is see they, Clark, they, I can see it clicking for Clark. As yeah. making sense as a possible hire, but yeah, it just feels like it's leaking as an agent thing. I don't understand yeah. 
Andy's never made it sound that way, so I don't know where all the rumors are coming from. And look, I, I don't think Andy's give, would ever give anybody a heads up anyway. It's not like he's going to say, by the way, this is my last run. I, that's not his style. So I'm not no. saying that we would we would really know a heads up you know, in advance, but it would be an absolute stunner. And again, Mike Florio was floated out for three different seasons. It's just weird to see Adam Schefter and then, I don't know, maybe Craig Carden just latching on at the end because his ratings on his television show are like dead last right now. And he's, he's, he's just, you know, trying to survive a little bit and wants to get attention. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going on there. But when you're thinking about the rumors defensively, it makes no sense. They have Spags as a defensive coordinator. So then they would go hire a defensive-minded head coach. I don't need to do that. I'll go find the offensive. If, if Andy actually did retire, I'll go hire the, the offensive mind and just see if Spags will stay in Kansas City as my defensive coordinator. Why would I hire a defensive-minded head coach? Makes no sense. Because it's Bill Belichick. Like, under normal circumstances, I completely agree with you. And the one exception is Bill Belichick. That's all. And... You know, with any head coach, we can't be guaranteed spags. It, wouldn't, it just around. also wouldn't work because of what we talked about with the personnel side, Cody. Brett Veach is the general manager of this team. Yep. It just wouldn't work. You'd have to concede. Now, yeah. if I were Bill Belichick, I'll just tell you right now, even if I wasn't willing to concede it with a Fontenot or whatever, uh, I'd probably let it go if I got to coach Patrick Mahomes again because I got six rings now. I take over from Mahomes. What, I got a shot to get to 10? I mean, the Bill Russell of the NFL. Like, if I were Bill, that'd be the one time to, like, Swallow a little pride, my guy. And instead, if the Chiefs were for some reason offering you the gig as head coach of the Chiefs, you'd be a fool not to take it. Since we're talking real quick in like a fantasy world, yeah. if, if if they if the Ravens win, Andy says he's retiring. Do you think the Chiefs would actually have a legit shot of contacting Ben Johnson saying, "Hey, yes. dude, you do not want to go to Washington. Yes. Come here." Ben Johnson would yes. take that job, and that's why that's why the timing of everything is fascinating. Because if you're you know if you're any of these other you you would in a way, be rooting in Bill Belichick as well, probably rooting for the Chiefs to get eliminated so that they're able to find out if there's actually any truth to any of this stuff going on. If not, they got to wait three more weeks. Well, Ben Johnson's not waiting three more weeks. No. So, yes, in terms of timing, you would like to have the clarity sooner rather than later. I, I'm well, still not worried about that. Then he might wait three more weeks. The Lions could be there as well. Yeah. Then he might. Could. Yeah. Like, if you think the Lions are winning, we'll uh, talk about that game later on today. Tempted. Tempted to pick them, I'll say. All right, coming up next, let's get right back into the Chiefs and the Ravens and just comparing the quarterback that the Chiefs are going to face this go-around to the other two we've talked a ton about over the last few years. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stadium anthem stuff is always good for an AFC championship Gotta love game. it. It's the Red Friday NFL playoff coverage on 610 Sports Radio brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eat, streak, scenic views. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride joining us in about 25 minutes or so. Typically, AFC title game week, and I can say typically because, again, this is the sixth straight one for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, typically, it's, you know, it's Allen or it's Joe Burrow we're talking about in these games. Maybe Brady in the first couple, but it's... it's, it's, it's been a while since it was yeah, Brady. Yeah. I guess you had Ryan Tannehill for one, but in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about Burrow and Allen. Well, now we know it's Lamar Jackson, and they finally get the Mahomes-Jackson AFC title game. Ratings are going to be massive on Sunday on CBS and, and over on 106.5 The Wolf. Hopefully, you're listening to the game as well if you're sick of Tony Romo by now. But 
Lamar Jackson, how we view him versus those other two in this spot. Like, how dangerous do we view Lamar compared to how worried you were going to a game knowing Joe Burrow was coming to town or if you were going to go to Joe Burrow's house or whatever, which they haven't had to do in an AFC title game. Lamar is... It's weird. Do you separate what he was as a quarterback four years ago? Do you think he's still that guy, or do you think he's a different quarterback? Because some of the trends will say, well, he's 0-3 in the playoffs when his team gives up more than 13 points, which I would which like to think... Wide, 13 is a low number. A very low number. Yeah. He's also won less than 40% of his games when the Ravens allow more than 21 points. He's also one of the winningest quarterbacks in NFL history and of minimum of 50 starts. The yep. guy wins. Yep. Like, and I know we don't like talking about quarterback wins, but that does <laughs> matter to a point getting wins. He's got a 13 win season, an 11 win season, and another 13 for him. It was a 15 win season or 14 win season for the team. At the time he won, he just got to sit out the final game of the season. So he wins and he wins a lot, but in the postseason he had turned into a pumpkin. I fear him just as much. I fear him just as much as Josh Allen, and I fear him just as much as Joe Burrow, even though I don't think that that's the common trend to feel. Honestly, I probably fear him more than I fear Josh Allen at this point. Josh Allen is so little-brothered in the rearview mirror of this thing. I'll talk to you when you grow up, kid. Sorry that you can't do it. It's funny to say that about like a six foot five, 240-pound quarterback who's one of the best players in the league. But from a Chiefs perspective, what he does and the style of play and Josh Allen and all that stuff, whatever. Burrow's gotten the Chiefs. I see that he's got that, like, killer instinct. That's the only reason he's a half step below Burrow. Like, to me, they're not on the same page. It's Burrow 1, Lamar 2, because he hasn't... I I don't have a reason to fear or not fear. And then Josh Allen 3. The thing I want to see out of Lamar in a postseason game is the killer instinct. And I've seen him have 500 yards in a game, and in this last game, he had, what, 100 yards rushing and 140 yards passing. But that, like, moment in an AFC title game... I'm waiting for that before I fear him the same way I've feared others. I don't think you're alone. I I, I mean, I can't help, though, and watch the second half. And, yes, it was against the Texans. But no, watch the second half and what him. he did to the Texans. I mean, that that was – he already wrapped up the MVP. It's voted on already, all that. But uh, that was an MVP performance in the second half. That's what you expect to see an MVP do. And he, he lived up to the moment. Now, it's been one playoff game on this. But I, I do think that offense is better and Lamar is a better quarterback today than what he was – the last time he had an opportunity in the postseason, you know, he's he's been healthy for this entire season. He hasn't been banged up once. He had an illness like for one week and that was it. And it, but that's it. He He's healthier going into this postseason. I do buy into we talk about experience. You can also learn from your experience when you fail. You, you know, we always talk about experience when, oh, well, they're just winning all the time. That experience. There is also experience of when even when you were not success, successful. And so I think he is a different quarterback today than he was four, four years ago, talking about Lamar Jackson. When they lost but the I'll divisional be, round. But I think yeah. if we were to do a poll of Chiefs fans and say, going into an AFC title game, which of these three quarterbacks would you rather face? Lamar, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow? Right now, I think Josh Allen would be the answer, actually. Because he can, I right? just told you, a right? little brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like so. I think that's that's the exact word yeah, I'd rank him: yeah, Burrow, yeah. Al, or Burrow, Lamar, than Allen. So I think that's you're right. I think that's how the poll would go. I also think you know, look, the Chiefs are the one. The fans aren't playing. The the, the team is playing, so it doesn't really matter what what people say from the outside. I don't think you want to discount Lamar Jackson though in this spot. He is playing at an exceptionally high level right now. I think what's what's really important to think about with Lamar is the same thing we just talked about with Patrick. Patrick again is the exception, right? So all the stuff he does in the early part of his career, that's uncommon. How many Super Bowls, MVP, whatever, it's all uncommon. Lamar Jackson is still only 27 years old. He's a two-time yes. MVP. And this this age, as I pointed out with Mahomes earlier in the week, this age is normally when you hit your peak, when you start competing for titles, when you start, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is about the time when you are your scariest. Like, I feel like going into this game, I have him ranked a blow burrow from the I'm afraid to play him perspective. But there's a shot that I'm not going to be feeling that way for very long with Lamar. Well, if Lamar beats Based the Chiefs, the way, well, then yeah, he's in the if, same boat. If he beats the Chiefs, he will have done the same thing that Joe Burrow did to you, which is keep you going from going to a Super Bowl, and he'll have two MVPs in his back pocket. And which who knows? Maybe they Burrow's maybe got. they go on and win a Super Bowl. Then we're really having a completely different conversation. I, I mentioned this last week. Fair or not, we know over the years there's there has been a conversation around Lamar Jackson that has been different than any of the other two quarterbacks we just met. We, we just mentioned, and it's because of style. And it's because of style play, and he has had a more of an uphill battle in terms of public perception than the other two quarterbacks. He, he just has. I'm sorry. That's a fact. And 
him just getting to a Super Bowl, I believe, is a bigger deal than when Joe Burrow just got to a Super Bowl. Like, in terms of shifting people's perception, even though it would be the exact same spot. He has a chance to change everybody's mindset in a bigger way than Josh Allen going to his first Super Bowl or uh, Joe Burrow when he went to his first Super Bowl. And certainly, if you win it, it it, it puts you in a completely different category. And there's the select few that have won Super Bowls uh, of course, as quarterbacks, uh, multiple times, it, all, all of a sudden that becomes a conversation. Can Lamar win it multiple times? Like his whole trajectory changes the minute he gets to a Super Bowl, and he's a win away from doing that. But he's going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes. And, and Lamar was very honest earlier in the week. We played the audio. Like, yeah. yeah, he. If we were to ask him honestly the question, would you rather face Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes? He'd list everyone before Mahomes. Sure. By the way, that's the one thing I would say is I wouldn't let this. Like, if you fear Lamar properly, and I think you should, he's a two-time MVP winner. That's more than will be. Yeah. 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 Well, he's yeah, it's it's a lock. People yeah. like, how can you say it's a lock? I'm like, he's going to win. He's, <laughs> he's like gonna minus win. 10 million. What do you think? Vegas puts he's, out those odds just because he, he might end up being unanimous. Anymore. He might yes. even be unanimous he's, at the NFL honors in a couple weeks. Yeah, he's going to be a two time MVP winner. That's more MVPs than like obviously Burrow and Allen have zero. Mm-hmm. Burrow only has the one Super Bowl appearance and he got past Mahomes anymore. This is a little bit like Brady. I'm not going to start or keep dinging people just for not getting past Mahomes. You're a threat or you're not. Getting past Mahomes is a completely different part of this threat. <laughs> like, it's just a different part of the conversation every single time based on what he's been able to do. It feels like it's weighted even heavier. It means more to get past him just to get to a Super Bowl, even if it were in a divisional round in a way, because of how often he's – or how how little he is lost in the playoffs. We do know that there's a couple of things that we're keeping an eye out on for this game. I know someone earlier said, hey, did you see Mark Andrews is active? Yeah, we assumed as much. He's definitely playing. He's back on the roster. But something Benjamin Solak, who joined us yesterday on the show, really stood out to me as far as, hey, the importance of which player in the game. We know Patrick Mahomes is the most important player on the field and Lamar the second most. But for the Chiefs, who is the second most important player? Isaiah Pacheco is the most important player on the Chiefs. Don't get talked about enough. When they have Pacheco and they can stay in second and six and third and three, that's when this offense works. Uh, Pacheco is, is an excellent player. He is so valuable, and he's creating yards after the contact. He's making the right reads. He's good uh, catching the ball right. His receiving profile kind of lifted up there a little bit in the regular season. The the win for the Chiefs this in this game is an excellent running game. It absolutely is. And, and, and the Ravens have been t- uh, tough to, to beat in the running game, but you don't want to be put in a spot. Like it, it, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, he's got a little bit of like college to him, right? DC to Michigan. He's all about getting you into third and pass. That's all he wants. His whole goal in first and ten, second and eight, second and ten. If I can get you into third and seven, I can beat you. So they absolutely unequivocally must stay ahead of the sticks. I think the way he was mentioning that really stood out to me. Isaiah Pacheco is in particular, he's important to the Chiefs anyway. In this game, extremely important. Maybe more important than Kelsey, maybe more important than Rice. He matters so much in this game for their ability to have success against this Ravens defense. I mean, this game, last game against Buffalo, the game prior to Miami, I think he's the key to this offense of adjustment since the Cincinnati game. When we've discussed for the last month now about them leaning into being who they are this year. Every time we've brought that up, a big piece of that is Isaiah Pacheco. You know, we may disagree on the amount of carries from what we've seen. Like, you know, they gave it to Pacheco 24 times against Miami, only 15 times against the Bills. I think it has to be 15 plus again easily against the Ravens. He is such a key right now for what they want to do. It opens everything else up. You know, it's the old school mentality of like, oh, if you can run, it can open up the pass and all that. Like, I think there is truth to that. I also believe when you still are limited in receiving options, we're still talking about Kelsey and Rice and not having really another option after that. Yeah, maybe occasionally somebody else comes up with a catch, but you're really limited still. And the run game, the interior. Now, maybe it changes this week because Joe Tooney doesn't play. We'll see. But the interior of that offensive line is such a strength for this team. And you've got a runner who is willing to run people over. He's not finesse. He will run through you and keep on running. You know, the joke earlier in the week, yeah, he was saying like, he's like, I ain't I'm no not, zombie. He's like, I'm not a zombie. You so know, I don't run. He said his favorite one was the one that said, I run like Isaiah Pacheco runs like he bites people. Yeah, And he's like, I'm not no zombie or something <laughs> like that. Um, so like his running style is fun to watch, but that, that aggressiveness feed into that. And they have here the last three, four games. That has to continue. I think when I look at it, too, this is what, when you talk to the people who, like, I'm not going to try to pretend to be film guru guy to you. Cody's all 22 breakdown. Grinding the tape. Again, if you want somebody talking about three technique, wrong show. But when you're looking at what the other people who study that stuff say, 
the Ravens do rank in the bottom five in the league in shotgun runs. The Chiefs run those more than any other team. If there's a weakness to the Baltimore run defense, and there's very few, they're one of the best run defense teams in the league. They've been gotten up the middle a little bit versus going outside. The Chiefs run more inside runs than anyone in the league. They can go at you, and they can wear you down, and they can tire you out in a way most teams can't. The biggest problem the Chiefs have had this entire time is when you have Mahomes, it's got to be very hard to sit around and be like, we're running offense now because you're Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's a hard thing to shake, and I think that's been something Andy's never taken off of his resume at any point. But in a game like this in Buffalo and Miami, where they have been committed to it enough, you should just accept that that's a huge portion of what makes you – what can make your offense function? And especially because this is the best stretch of offense they played, why not lean on Pacheco even more than normal? The the difference from last week, I, I assume, will be, and look, the Ravens would love to replicate what the Bills did in this area, which is they doubled the Chiefs up on plays. We know that. The Bills ran double the plays. I mean, if that happens again, the Chiefs are in trouble. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't, then unlike last game, then Mahomes might throw it 40 times in this game. And, and even if he throws it 40 times, they still might be running it with Pacheco 17, 18 times. Like, they just ran so few of plays a week ago that that really impacted. The fact that Pacheco actually, if you step back and think, got 15 carries in as little of plays as they ran, that actually was a per- like that percentage works out to be very perfectly where you want it to be. Yeah. Normally, I would say like 15 is probably not enough. They just but didn't run they didn't run plays. plays. Now in this game, if they if it's more of an even discrepancy in plays and not doubling up from your opponent, uh, then this probably should be a game where Mahomes can also throw it 40 times and Pacheco can carry it 20 times because you could I don't know what the average amount of plays run this year have been for the Chiefs, but I, certainly last week was an anomaly. They they got doubled up. It's what the Bills wanted to do. It's why the Chiefs were down. You know, after the end of the first quarter, and why the first half was going the way it was is because Buffalo was able to just control the, the possessions, and the Chiefs barely had the football. The Chiefs averaged 63.3 okay. plays per game. That is good for 15th in the NFL. You want to know who's 14th? The Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Okay. 63 and a half. The teams that you would expect are the teams that run really run the ball really well at the top. Cleveland, Dallas, Detroit, Buffalo, New Orleans. Those are the teams that were the top five in plays run. They also just kind of grind out nonsensical football games. Or, you know, in some cases, I would have thought Baltimore was higher just because of the running quarterback thing and the long drive sustainability. But even though they don't have the kind of like deep play threats I think of like with some elite level teams like the Ravens, right? Because Odell Beckham Jr. is a million years old and, and Zay Flower has been a very good player. They are good at getting down the field fast sometimes. They don't do it like the way Buffalo just did it against Kansas City I mean, very often. I mean, I'm worried that Mark Andrews is back. I, I think that's a, a valid concern. Isaiah Likely has done a really nice job filling in. but Mark, not Andrews, Mark Andrews. Yeah, and you know, there's a question of Mark Andrews not playing in over a month and a half. And so, you know, is he Mark Andrews' first game back? He practiced last week. He's practiced all this week. Is that enough? He's a veteran. I mean, it's not even a question about knowing the offense. It's just, is he? does it take him a week to get back in his groove? If you're the Chiefs, like Mark Andrews becomes a problem for you if he's still Mark Andrews right away. Any chance Isaiah Pacheco is the, like, you know, have they, you know, ALCS, you know, is he the AFC game MVP? What odds do you think of that? Like if they say they, it was if that existed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like they do it for baseball, right? I'm just saying the comparison is there really is an ALCS MVP for baseball. If there was an AFC, a Lamar Hunt title game (laughs) MVP, what chances would you put that Isaiah Pacheco would be the winner of it? If the chiefs are the winner 50, 50, I know it's hard because Mahomes is still the quarterback. That's, it's the same. It's the same dynamic as when we talk Super Bowl MVP stuff. It, it, the quarterback just has such an advantage to be an MVP. We know it hasn't always been the yeah, quarterback. It probably should have been Damian but it's, Williams in the first one, and it was still Mahomes. It's it's just so difficult, Third and it's also odds. yeah. It would, so like Lamar and Mahomes, duh, would yeah. have the two best odds to be Kelsey. AFC title game. After that, you, Pacheco, I would actually put above Kelsey. Now people might bet on Kelsey Rice. more, but like. Yeah, it's just it's just the positional value thing that comes into play. Like, because if Pacheco had two rushing touchdowns and ninety five yards, and the Chiefs won, my guess is Patrick Mahomes probably still had a pretty good day too. You know, and it's like they probably are they had gonna like two thirty and three? Or something. You know, and, yeah. and so that that by the way though that amount of touchdowns, two. you know, that's unlikely. I know you were just throwing out touchdown numbers. I mean, yeah. In all seriousness, though, about that when you mentioned three and four and five, I'm like, man. Don't you think this game though? Like, we're not going to be talking about either side no. getting four or five touchdowns, right? Isn't this going to be? That's where I think 21, Pacheco could be. 17, 24, right? 21, like if that. If he had the stat line you just said, 90 and two touchdowns, he might have been the only two touchdowns in the game for the Chiefs. It might have been three other field they goals to go with their victory. Goal. They went 17, 14. Again, yeah, I'll, they t- went I'll take 23, that. 23, 20, three field goals, two touchdowns. That's how they've won a lot of other games this year. 
That doesn't seem out of the question to me. He just is such an important player. I will say this. Now that the passing game seems to have found its comfort, I am more willing than I have been at any point this year to have them take deep chances. Like, I like them to run the ball. I'm not saying that's not important. But I do think that you have to, like, show Baltimore early a willingness to actually go down the field again. I know that their hit rate on the year is bad. And in that last game, that might have been the first time they because they missed McCola, like four of them in the game against Miami. But that was that was where part of their problems in offense existed. Not even pretending like you were interested in going deep is a problem. My biggest fear is Kyle Hamilton exists. He, and the, their safeties are really good. Yeah. But you still have to try, don't you? Sure. I think the <laughs> you don't sound difference sure. the last couple weeks, why they've been able to take some shots, goes back to our offensive line discussion. Again, if this O-line plays at the level it has in the postseason. That's the way Mitchell Schwartz said it yesterday. If they play, then the deep shots have an opportunity of hitting because you've got some more time for guys to get down the field. Then this football team probably wins and gets to a Super Bowl if they're able to do that. If the O-line is like the tackle play from weeks one through 15, there's a very good chance that Mahomes might be running for his life. And I just think in general, because of the Ravens, maybe not running for his life, but Mahomes is going to have to run more. Not, And I'm even talking about running uh, to, to, to actually get rushing yards. I'm saying he might have to roll out way more, and he likes yeah. rolling out, but like he might truly have to create a little Mahomes magic uh, for this game to, to go the way the Chiefs want it to go. Versus against Buffalo and Miami... He was, for the most part, other than like the first or second play of the game against Buffalo where he had to do like the pirouette and roll back out. Other than that, he was able to stay in the pocket for the most part and, and dictated himself because the both tackles were phenomenal. Yeah, and I look, offensive line play is going to matter, especially against Baltimore, who has, I think it's Benjamin Solak, again, to reference his interview yesterday. If you want to go back, it was at 1130 during the show. He said, the most underrated defensive tackle no one's ever heard of in the NFL because, like, we know Chris Jones, we know Aaron Donald. You might not realize that the Baltimore Ravens have a very good defensive tackle, like one who gets a lot of pressure and double-digit sacks and can be a problem. Not a bouquet, 13 and a half sacks. And, and they happen to be missing their left guard, where he has traditionally, or maybe that's, would traditionally, uh, line up on the defensive line. And that's why on uh, that betting show, the podcast is up, presented by Hollywood Casino. That was a bet. We talked about plus 150 from out of bouquet to get a sack. Not that I want them to, but hey, I want to make some money too along Wait, the way. Wait, what are we, we we're betting on Ravens now in an AFC title on. game? Wait, is your do you only bet on Chiefs? You're going to lose long term if that's always no, what I it's going to be. I only bet on the Chiefs, but I think in an AFC title game, that's where I usually. No, I'm uh, on the Chiefs plus three and a half. Don't you worry. Actually, plus four. But you should be taking them on the money line. Matabuke to get uh, a sack, absolutely. I think is good value at plus one fifty. Real quick, uh, the, Chiefs can, the, Chiefs can win, the, the Chiefs can win, and Matabuke can sack him once. Okay. Now, as long as it's not like, you know, in the fourth quarter with a minute to go. But anyway, you mentioned plays run, uh, Cody. Uh, obviously, the Ravens run the ball typically a little bit more. In terms of time of possession, Baltimore is fifth in T.O.P. The Chiefs are 14th. Yeah. So the Ravens are are one of those. They're, they're right behind Buffalo. They, they, they run the clock. They take those long drives. And that'll be interesting to see how the how each team makes the most of their possessions, obviously, with two, you know, elite defenses and. I feel like, you know, field goals, because I know that, and this has come up a lot more over the course of the season, but, you know, Cody, you in particular brought it up, the Andy not going for it situations. Maybe you're more willing to take a three to take three because, you know, you're going up against this defense and you need to take the points you can. Is that one of those things you think is going to be a trend in this game? Or do you think it comes up as a big decision where Andy doesn't go for it and well, I don't think Andy's going to suddenly like, be aggressive out of nowhere. Never yeah, has I mean, I, I think we know the answer. I mean, you're this right. Is a game where you take the points or a game where, where I think he where always usually is take the points. I mean, I think that's I think that's who he's usually been unless he really feels late in the game that he's not going to get the ball again. Sure. They, usually he's he's always going to take the point like in the opening possession of the game. Let's say it's Sunday afternoon and it's the Chiefs are on a six minute drive. Great opening drive. Everything's clicking, scripted, scripted plays, and they get a fourth and one at the Ravens seven yard line. OK, good. They well. You got to go for it. Then. I would go for it. Andy might actually kick it. 50, I would like shot. to think inside the 10 yard line, if it's fourth and one or less, you just go for so, it. But I, I could see them kicking it. Yeah, Drew. So he's already, he's all, always been, as Golda pointed out, a conservative coach. Um, this year, there's been national reports and reporting inside that own building. People feel like Pete Sweeney, we'll talk to here in a few minutes. Andy has pretty much admitted to being even more conservative in the red zone, knowing what their defense can do. Yeah. My argument has always been it should be the opposite. If your defense can stop people, even more reason to be aggressive. 
because that doesn't mean it's leading to points for the other team. Your defense might still step up, might still get you the ball back. And if it's a 50-50 shot, you're going to find your way in the end zone. Fine. Look, if it's fourth and five from the 25, we're having a different conversation. Well, yeah. <laughs> but if we're one yard away. I would like to think even Andy, I, I know the example I gave specifically was like fourth and one at the seven. I would like to think if it's fourth and one inside the 10, he would go for it. But if it's fourth and one at the 15, he's definitely kicking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they won't do a quarterback sneak. My, they, they won't do it. My, my, my thinking around that. that is because, yeah, you trust the defense, but also you're going against the Ravens defense where if you get the ball inside the red zone and it's fourth and three, from from the twelve, you do you is this a game where you think they you got to take the points because you never know? Oh, fourth and three at the twelve, he's kicking it every time. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just, not I mean, a, unless he needs for the th- sort of situation. Yeah, unless they're down ten with three and a half to go. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, ten's a yeah. bad example. Down fourteen yeah. with three and a half to go, then of course he's going for it. But otherwise, fourth and three, he's kicking the field goal. Because <laughs> uh, to, to your point, just inside the twenty, Campbell's yeah. going for it and to, he's kicking. To your point, this is not a game that it seems like it's going to be a lot of touchdowns. Where it, I mean, this is a maximize your like positions I mean, and take the points when you uh, can. Like the NFL's weird. Game. Watch, we might be sitting here on Monday and it's a old school 31, <laughs> 34-31 Chiefs win. We'll all take it. We'll all be thrilled. I'll be confused. But I do think everything points to it being lower scoring, and the total for the game, if you're wondering, is 44.5. That's the betting total. I do like the under. I like that but. Mahomes is the only quarterback in the history of the NFL. It's like 100 years. He's the only quarterback to get hurt on a QB sneak, and he's like, never again. We can't. You're like, that's the only one. It's like the singular injury in NFL history on a QB sneak, and we're like holding out the rest of the history of the league. Yeah, we've had... We've had more oh, opportunities. Me crazy. I don't want it to drive me as crazy. Someone as says, does. did I hear gold correctly? He has a player up rooting for Mahomes to get sacked. Look, the Chiefs, I have them to cover. I think the Chiefs can win this game. But you are severely limiting your money-making opportunity. If if you're not even willing to do a player prop bet that involves the other team. I get it if you're like, hey, I'm never betting on the Chiefs opponent. I get that philosophy. Makes sense. I think you're definitely in the majority on that. But if you won't even do a player prop for like Lamar to score an anytime touchdown, then you're just limiting yourself on money-making opportunities. Like if, if the betting show that I do on 610 was just every positive Chiefs bet, we would all lose a ton of money. I'm just saying. Like, we would win a lot over the years of winning the MVP bet like we did last year. But on every game, if I took every negative prop for the opponent, we would lose a lot of money. Yeah. There's a lot of money over the years. You know, we're all just, I'm just saying in the AFC title game situation, I'm not giving money to the other squad. I hope you win both your bets. Hope the Chiefs. Well, I got more than two. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you, I just meant Noah both Gray over. Is that okay? I took an over on Noah Gray. Is everybody good with that? Is that okay? Yeah, you're good there. What if I took the under? Would we, people be upset? No, I think you're fine. Okay. You might, you might win that bet in the first quarter. I think the over for Noah Gray, ten, ten and a half, I think is a, is a very valuable bet. Anyway, let's talk to Pete Sweeney thinking of betting. We'll see if he's still riding his hot streak. He, of course, bet on Arrowhead all week. Let's find out how he's feeling about these injuries and what he has seen out at practice next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.